I'm KJ Bryant, and it's not just me. The following program is for adult audiences only. Those motherfuckers! If you want to join in on the conversation, you could always tweet us at It's Not Just Me Pod, or you can hit me on Instagram at Moron420. Today on It's Not Just Me, I'm going to talk about why I think women are running not only just hip-hop for the moment, but possibly the entire industry for the foreseeable future. I'm also going to celebrate the Notorious B.I.G. on his nomination to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but not without questions as to why hip-hop hasn't created its own Hall of Fame. Lizzo is at the center of controversy again, focused around the origins of Truth Hurts after she files a trademark application. Summer Walker's Over It breaks streaming records. T.I. reminds me why I hate these top 50 lists. Joe Budden versus Netflix and why creators might want to pay closer attention to what he's trying to tell you. New music from Cash Doll, Melly, Gucci Mane. Plus, I'm going to tell you about that one time I accidentally battled King Lowe's. I'm going to confess my love for Doja Cat and much more on It's Not Just Me podcast. Are you hold calling here for my daddy girl's a dick? Oh, yeah. Oh. Welcome to episode three of It's Not Just Me podcast. I am your host, KJ Bryant. We got a lot to celebrate. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of shit happened this week. But most importantly, the Notorious Big was nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Him, along with Whitney Houston and Shaka Khan, are on the ballot that will be decided in January of 2020, which means that Big's album, Ready to Die, is officially 25 years old. So we're going to talk about what that means and... Um, it caused me to think about what other albums came out in 1994 that should be in consideration. And when I saw this list, the shit drove me fucking insane. And it made me wonder why the fuck hip hop just doesn't make its own Hall of Fame. Because when I tell you all the albums that came out and all these artists, it's going to cause you to have plenty of questions of the biases that go. I mean, first of all, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So what can we expect? Expect from hip hop, but I don't think people really think about what's really going on here. Um, we do got new music from Gucci Mane, he dropped the album Waptober 2. Cash Doll dropped her debut album called Stacked. I listened to that, it was pretty dope. Melly dropped a seven song EP called Motions, um, that was pretty cool. But um, Jada Kiss dropped some new heat, surprisingly. I wasn't expecting anything new from Jada. Ben. Um, notice. Notice. So that's notice. actually going to be the first burn notice that I'm going to issue for today will be this new record from Jada Kiss called Me. Don't you 
know it's And I ain't even in the game But as soon as something happened Who the first one they blame is Give me time, you a lame Stop mentioning my name, my nigga Why you worry about I'm in a group meeting They took pick from us Now it's just Luch peeing I'm the one they call on Gotta feed the family If not, then it falls on this is real talk, funeral arrangements, whoever put they paws on. Who be in the Wrangler, off-road nigga with the roof and the doors gone. <laughs> and who else be in the field, front line till the war's gone. What they talking about me? Who they talking about me? All they talk about is... What they talking about me? Who they talking about me? All they talk about is... What they talking about me? Who they talking about me? All they talk about is What they talking about me? Who they talking about me? All they talk about Who can go to distance? Who's underrated? Who's the most? All right, so like I said, Biggie got nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, just for some background, up until 2007, there weren't any rappers in the Hall of Fame. Um, then later on, they let Grandmaster Flash in and the Furious Five. Since then, it's Run DMC, The Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, NWA, and Tupac Shakur. So other than Biggie, this year we got Whitney Houston and Shaka Khan, which I guess is hip-hop adjacent because they're like part of the culture, I guess. But... Basically, the reason why Biggie was eligible for nomination is because his debut album was 25 years old. So Ready to Die was the qualifier. And that made me think, like, okay, well, I wonder what other hip-hop albums came out in 94, um, you know, should have been considered. So I got Santiago with me right now. Um, and nope. I'm going to go over, like, there was a big list that I found. Like, I went and deep-dived on the internet, so I really just pulled these 15 albums out. But when I listen to the list of these 15, like, it's going to trip you the fuck out when you hear what should be eligible but isn't. And then it's going to lead me to a question. So, first album is Nas, Illmatic. Mm. All right. We got Outkast, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music. Nope. We got TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. We got Gangstar, Hard to Earn. Mm. And think about it. Gangstar just put out a new album recently. So, I mean, Scarface, The Diary, Common Resurrection, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, The Main Ingredient. You got Method Man with Takao. You got The Beat Nuts with Street Level. UGK with Super Tight. Warren G with Regulate, Red Man, There's a Dark Side, Keith Murray, The Most Beautiful Thing in This World, Fuji's, Blunted on Reality, which was their debut album. Most people think it's the score, but it was Blunted on Reality, and The Brat with Functified. So just these 15 are just 15 random albums that I picked, but just what do you think about that? And, 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 and why there's such... I mean, we already know why there's already a low representation of hip-hop artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just because of the name of it. But why the fuck doesn't hip-hop just make their own Hall of Fame? Exactly, because they don't get no respect from everybody else. And I mean, even just hearing that list, there's so many even people and artists on there that I would put on the Hall of Fame instantly, even before Big alone. 
Right. Because like why why I mean big is like I think they're easy, um it's like they're easy in where they could say, Hey, we're including y'all. But because big is like the obvious one to go for. But in reality, when I listen to those 15, if he's number 16 in that list of 15, I can't just automatically say he's the one that should be nominated this year. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of people will have a problem with that. Like I told you when I started this show, I'm either going to tell you what you're thinking, but sometimes I'll give you the opinion you didn't ask for. But Biggie is not... The guarantee for me out of the 16 listed right here that should be nominated for the Hall of Fame. I mean, even alone, let's look at Outkast. Right. The Fugees and the, the amount f- of albums they sold. <laughs> you and know what I'm saying? They're still around and they fuck? still do music stuff. <laughs> right. And I mean, even, um, shoot, Nas. Nas. I mean, yeah. All right, that, that's that's a real question. I mean, what Biggie legitly just had two albums to his name, right? And I and I understand. And I'm not saying that Biggie doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that, you know, it's 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 these people who don't listen to hip hop and these people that control and are trying to sell tickets to the Hall of Fame dinner and trying to sell the exhibit that are going to use Big as the easy target for it just to be him, right? Because, of course, that's the past. Of course, he passed away, you know what I'm saying, unfortunately. But Big is a legend. And it's not me saying that he's not a legend. It's just about the fact that when you look at the list of all these other artists and what they did, there's other people that should be on this ballot just like they are. You know what Maybe I mean? you have to look at the list of the, on the level of who's the most mainstream and look at the mainstream level of what happened. Right. But then when I look at that, I'm like, well, then TLC. Like, TLC should isn't eligible for True. Hall of Fame status? Like, I get it. Whitney Houston. But Whitney Houston is dead. Again, like I said, it's like, it's going to sound like I'm saying some bad shit because it sounds like I'm downplaying the dead. I'm not. I'm just saying that they use our dead as easy to play on our emotions because, of course, we're going to be happy that Whitney Houston is nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of course we are. She passed away, and we love Whitney Houston. But... TLC also dropped their debut in 94 too. And you can't tell me that TLC wasn't as, even if they were inspired by Whitney Houston, they had to have been as impactful as her. You know what I mean? So, I mean, now I have a question. So, all right, you said that, you know, you said that Big might not even be in your top five. But, of course, we know that Big is a legend, and, like I said, I'm not arguing whether he deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm just arguing of whether or not he um, is the only one. But I'm going to play something real quick, and then I have a question to see how legendary do you have to be for this to be okay because when I was going through this segment earlier I was thinking of what Biggie songs I wanted to play in the intro right and of course I went over some of my favorite songs and I had Juicy and I had What's Beef and I had Who Shot Ya and then I stumbled upon the one song and then I was like damn I was like I wonder if I play this song are people on the internet gonna gonna kill me like 
Are we still allowed to listen to this? <laughs> are, are we? A, is, is it okay? <laughs> Was that too much? <laughs> I cut it off before his voice came on, but I don't know. Like, are we allowed to still listen to that, yo? Yeah, the, the, um, the R&B chick song, that might not fly too well either. All right, so if you got to be 25 um, years in from your debut, that means that next year Jay-Z will be eligible. Now, if you notice all these other people who we named that are big names that have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, unfortunately, they've all been rappers who've passed away. Jay-Z, obviously, I mean, is still alive. Do you think that he's going to be a first-year nominee next year? And is he almost like the guarantee the win just because he's Jay-Z? And what type of controversy does that cause, knowing that Nas should be eligible right now? Like, not trying to create any shit, but you know what I'm saying? Jay-Z and Nas have always been two people who who the fans have always wanted to pit against each other or argue against each other of who is the best out of them two, just simply because they come from that same era. But when we look at the exact release years... Jay-Z didn't actually release Reasonable Doubt till 95, which makes him eligible next year. So what do you think about that? Yeah, but once again, Jay-Z has a little bit more of that mainstream. And uh, he, of course, he has the Beehive fan base behind him. <laughs> he just has a lot more just out in the world where he's just more of a public like person versus what Nas is. So he's going to win over more of popularity versus than actual talent and songs, I think. I think he is going to get in off of that. All right, so what about Eminem? Because, all right, now here's the thing about Eminem. All right, here's the thing. There's, there, there's two things. I, if they're counting the first album, well, Eminem's first album independently was Infinite, and that was in 96. So that should make them eligible the next year in 2022. Or I don't know if they're going to make them go by the 99, but Eminem, is it like, <laughs> is it fair? Is it fair in this situation knowing that he is 100% whenever, whenever he's eligible, he's going to be nominated and you know, he's going to be inducted and, and, it's fucked up because it's dope as he was. You know that it's because he's white. I mean, hey, it is what it is. I mean, he, to me, he, he does have talent. He definitely can rap. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like we said, it is what it is. He'll get in. Yeah, I mean, and I know he can rap, and of course he—I mean, he's—he's he's arguably one of the greatest rappers ever. I will give him that. I mean, depending on what type of criteria we're using, that's why I hate the fucking list that everybody has. I'm gonna come up with some type of, um, you know, statistical categories like sports or something to be able to come up with the ultimate list because, you know, when niggas put somebody in their top five or top five overall, it always seems like. 
there's always certain areas that they excel at and certain areas they don't. And I want to be able to quantify this whole shit to really figure out who is the dopest. But Tyler, the creator, the other day was on Rick Rubin's podcast, and he said that Eminem picks out the worst beats. I guess he was talking in response to how Eminem dissed him, you know what I'm saying, on a song and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I thought that was funny because... A lot of Eminem beats were pretty bad, but then it made me think of like I agree with him though. What <laughs> so what other songs do you remember like that you know like the song was hot, but when you really think about it, the beat was trash. Like a song that you liked, but you liked it because you liked the song. But when you uh-huh. when you really think about it, the beat was trash for real. She liked that. That question has to make me think, and that's that's not good. See, for me, it's ether. I, for me, it's ether, yo. You know, I think I, ether, I, I agree with I, that. I think ether is the worst beat in the fucking world, Joe. But I think oh yeah, I heard so many remixes of that with a different producer's beat that just made that song completely on a different level. Right. I feel like it's because the moment was so big when like. Of course, Nas dissing Jay-Z on it, that it's embedded into our brains to remember that. So when Ether comes on, it makes us nod our head a certain way to what he's saying to it. But that beat is the worst. All right, well, I'm going to issue a burn notice real quick before I jump into a couple quick picks. Um... Out of the news cycle for this week, um, this record right here is called 1998, and it's from an artist named Love the Genius, which is actually on Griselda Records. I went and listened to her album. This was one of the selections that I thought stood out. So I'm going to issue a burn notice on this. Once again, this is Love the Genius. She spells that with a seven. I swear I'm only making hard shit from here on out If they were scared of seeing God, tell them clear on out They call me love, it's with a seven, do your research first I bring you closer steps to heaven when I preach my verse They tell me to bring the pain like my interests ain't doing well Or I ain't got no cousins in cemeteries or cells Or I ain't lose my whole left ankle when I was 12 I'm trying to tell the story of how I seem to prevail See, it's real clear, I'm supposed to be richer than prior Focused on getting paid for you sick to who flyer Be sticking that fire, tell you I know a survival Be sick of that rock and tell you just stick to that Bible Trip out to Brooklyn, put shit in perspective They spend on condos for rent, what you spend on your necklace I look to God and repent when I get too ungrateful I come from pockets of lint, man, I gotta be thankful I spent a while on the bench, I was trying to perfect it they tell me don't even fret, you already connected. Uh, you talk about what you heard, I was there for them whippings. Spent days dividing the bills from nights in the kitchen. I gained my position, talked with them legends, I listened. Uh, resorted to spitting, delivered mine with precision. I put the pressure to the weight of a man. I probably start a revolution with like eight in my hand. Bitch, I'm the one. And nine out of ten, I'm gunning whoever with you. Been eating for a while, these bitches been on the menu. But no queen lie when I'm a couple. Collected for call from the prison. This really a mission. I bet they really are listening. 
focused on bullshit, stupid decisions. Your punchlines hit hard, yeah, but I don't really feel it. Leave on every line, my heart and my mind, spirit. I know too many people who... All right, so I got a couple quick picks from the news cycle, starting with Ludacris, who is now the artist in residence at Georgia State University. Um, he went to Georgia State University back in the day. He is there for the fall semester. The executive director, Brennan Dicker, said in a press conference that Luda is an incredibly talented artist artist and has so much industry knowledge to share and that we are excited to see how our students and really the entire institute blah 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 so basically artists in residence is like ludicrous is there for to be like a special life experience type teacher i guess for some of the creative students there at georgia state university so i think that's pretty dope i mean i would love to go sign up for my classes for spring semester and have Ludacris as one of my professor options. So that's pretty cool. Um, moving on, this Japanese rapper named Ryo Murakana. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that shit wrong, but I don't give a fuck. Um, he sold everything he owned to go to Cleveland because he wanted to meet Bone Thugs and Harmony, but he ended up getting robbed. Um, so he sold all of his shit apparently and traveled 6,000 miles from Japan to the east side of Cleveland and he was looking for Bone Thugs and Harmony and some niggas robbed him. And then some local activists named James Norton and Quaz Bibbs found him broke and alone and by himself and they helped him out with an interpreter app they got on the smartphone, um... He thought all he needed to get into the United States was his album. So he's a rapper. So he sold all the shit and just brought his album to the U.S. and thought that that's all he needed. You know what I'm saying? That it was cool. He was in there. You know what I'm saying? This is hip hop. So it is. Uh, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, so he only bought a one way ticket to the United States. Um. But he ended up meeting Lazy Bone, and Lazy Bone put him up in a hotel for a couple days. Um, but he did definitely say that this is a lesson that should be learned. He said that at first, when he heard about it, he said it didn't surprise him at first because there have been crazy fans who have come around and tried to, you know, go to the stomping grounds of Bone Thugs and Harmony just on some fan shit and find out that they don't come from a nice place. They come from the hood for real. But this was a completely different story. Like this, this motherfucker, I, I don't know the language barrier or whatever it was, but this shit was bugged out when I read about it. So anyways, um, so next up, Lizzo can't seem to catch a break when it comes to the origins of the song Truth Hurts. So she made an attempt to trademark the phrase, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that bitch. And news outlets reported that the phrase was actually coined months before the single was released. Now, just for clarity, it really wasn't trademarked, but what it was was that the actual phrase was a tweet that someone posted, and I think it was from 
a British musician by the name of Mina Lioness. So she tweeted the phrase in February of 2017. Um, now, that's not really what the whole lawsuit surrounding this thing is about. What it's about is that there's a producer and songwriter named Justin Rayson, and he said that him and another writer and a producer worked on a song with Lizzo early in 2017 called Healthy and that they incorporated the tweet into the lines and the melodies for this song called Healthy and that she jacked these parts from the song Healthy to use in the song Truth Hurts. And they actually posted a video on Instagram that has the audio of the song Healthy and of Lizzo's Truth Hurts, and they actually layer them over top of each other to show you what they sound like. So I'm going to play that real quick because, I mean, I don't think we can really question that these things sound 100% identical, but I think the bigger question is, is that who owes who what and how because it does show that Lizzo was listed as a writer on this song Healthy as well. So... I'm not really clear on how we determine who wrote what on what song. Cause if she only took a part out of a song that she wrote into a new song that she wrote, then she shouldn't know anybody, but I'm gonna play the clip anyway, just because when you listen to it, obviously this is why this has become news because there's no denying these are identical songs. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch. Even when I'm I see that's Lizzo's truth. I So, I mean, I guess there's no denying that those two songs sound alike. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, it feels like, here's my thing. This record has been out since 2017. True, it just blew up recently. Yes, it is one of the biggest records in the country. But the, the song has been out for a while. And I'm assuming that this lawsuit has been going on for a minute. It just feels like a rather convenient time for it to be so big in the news as the record is doing well. But maybe that's just a symptom of the fact that we wouldn't have even been paying attention to this um, lawsuit if she wasn't so popular right now. So we'll see what happens. And as this shit unfolds, I will have other shit to tell you about. Um, Pharrell Williams did a GQ interview and for some reason, of course, they wanted to talk about blurred lines. Um, I don't really want to stay here for too long because I feel like I'll get myself in trouble simply because I never really understood what the, the super big issue about blurred line was, was like, I understood why people were upset to an extent. I don't feel like the song was as rapey as people made it seem like, and Pharrell didn't either. But what he did say in the interview is that um, the way that he thinks now and how his mind has evolved and all this other shit that you should say, that um, he, he understands better now why it was so bad. Um, I sure as hell really don't, and I don't think that I ever will. I mean, there there's... There's some things out there where I get it, like it, it's very clear, black and white. You know, they've crossed the line somewhere. But um, 
as far as this song was concerned, I never really got it. But of course, you know, what else was GQ going to ask him about other than one of the most controversial things of his whole career, rather than about all the many, many, many other things that he's done that were, um, you know, successes. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it is what it is. Um, Summer Walker, I had a burn notice on one of her records that um, you make me want to remix. I think it was called, yeah, it's called Come Through, you know what I mean? And, of course, her boyfriend London produced that whole album, and that album did some crazy numbers. As a matter of fact, it broke all types of streaming records as it was the biggest streaming album since Beyonce's Lemonade from a solo R&B act. Um, like I already told you, I think that the album was perfect for her. Like, it showcased parts of her voice that I think that she needed to do to elevate herself into the next part of the conversation. So it's always nice to see that once an album comes out and you listen to it and you pick it to do well, that it actually does well. And um, that's about it for quick picks for right now. So next up, I'm going to give a recap on the latest batch of episodes from Netflix's Rhythm and Flow. And I'm telling you um, that London Beach, she's continuing to impress me. I think she's going to win the whole show. Um, T.I. thinks that Iggy Azalea was the tarnish of his legacy as an executive. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a fair assessment, but I'll get into my opinion with that. Also, why he won't choose between Nicki and Cardi after his top 50 rappers list catches backlash. Once again, another example of why I hate these fucking lists. And I'm going to talk about why I think women happen to be able to run hip-hop, not only now, but for the foreseeable future. And it's not exactly for the reasons that you may think. So um, we're going to talk about that, a little bit of sports before I wrap it up. But first, let me issue another burn notice. This one is going to be um, for Cash Doll. Like I said, she put out her debut album, Stacked, on Friday. This record is called No Lames, featuring Summer Walker, who's also killing it with her album. So um, let's check out this No Lames, and then we're going to get back into it. Cash Doll. Summer Walker. Ay. Really, really wish that I could trust you. Wish that it was easier to love you. God's a bad guy. That's the notice. 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 Wanna notice. chill, but notice. my friends notice. keep telling me that these boys are Hope you learn your lesson. You blocking all your blessings. You could be on private jet, sitting pretty flexing. Instead, you going back and forth, arguing and texting. See, I'm self-made. I got my own. Don't need your plate. Take them or leave them. That's how I treat them. I'm going to be straight. I hang up on niggas. I ain't about to have a bad day. You do what you want, but I'm just telling you the cash way. Really, really yeah. wish that I could trust you. Wish that it was easier to love you. God's a backup. That's a way to be. Wanna chill, but my friends keep telling me You can't maintain. I'm never into losing. 
lose it. If I can't win, I'm out the game. Look, body got you stuck, but I can't even let you fuck. Uh, word is, you keep some random bitches in your truck. What I look like, the type to get to bleaching all your stuff? No, I'm good. Block your number, bag or not, I had enough. Bag them all, I'm bad enough. Won't a nigga, never need one. They stupid over pussy. So you can't predict how people are going to react to the shit that you say. I mean, you can take into account what you think is going to happen, but you can only be but so sure. And then after that, you know, depending on how it works out or what type of backlash you get from it, you got to flex your cleanup game. You know what I'm saying? And your cleanup game or your spin game, as the PR people call it, sometimes is the difference maker between you saying something that puts your foot in your mouth um, going one way or going the other way. Now, T.I. has been flexing his cleanup skills a lot lately. lately. And, I mean, it goes without saying that when you're a guy like T.I., who most people know isn't to be played with like that, you don't really need much cleanup skills. But, I mean, he's definitely been showing it off. So, um, So, first and foremost... Back when T.I. tried to do the Trap Museum, which to me was a step in the right direction for what could become a hip-hop hall of fame, like I was talking about before, um, he had this one installation that was a tribute to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. And it was like this queen throne that was like half and half colored, and half of it was like designed for like bees in a trap, um, like Nicki Minaj colors. And the other half of it was designed based off of Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy album cover. And a lot of people, you know, gave T.I. a lot of indirect flack over this shit, basically saying that he was trying to put them up against each other or saying that Cardi should have had her own installation, Nicki should have had her own installation, blah, blah, blah. All right, so we're not going to take too much time there. So he tweeted some shit, people tweeted some shit, and he made some good points basically saying that um, both of them struggled, overcame certain obstacles, defied the odds, um, and how could celebrating two queens be disrespectful to one? And he says that, you know, regardless of how he does it, it's an acknowledgement. So I kind of get that. So that's just where it all starts up. Recently, he's been on a press run for Rhythm and Flow, obviously. And as I've been saying through my recaps that there's a female rapper on the show who looks to be the front runner in most people's minds of going to win. And I'm pretty sure that this is in the back of the minds of T.I. and some of the people that are talking to him in these interviews. So now Iggy Azalea, for some strange reason, is just now coming up in these T.I. interview conversations. And he's on a press run talking about how she's the tarnish of his career as an executive. Now, I know where it all went wrong, and I know why people are allowing T.I. to sell them this story, because they have their own reasons for why they don't like Iggy Azalea. And I'm not here to argue that. But this is definitely an unfair assessment for him to be making about a female rapper being the tarnish of his career as an executive when she is the most successful female artist. Matter of fact, she may be the most successful Grand Hustle artist 
other than T.I. ever. So, I mean, it's strange because, you know, Iggy was already making her moves when she was working with the production company Drugs that had Ty Dolla Sign before she kind of blew up and got with T.I. Now, if we're talking about cultural appropriation, I mean, we can have a whole episode about that and how, you know, every time a white person does something that you think black people should only do better, that you can't just slap the label of cultural appropriation on top of it and make it sell. You know what I'm saying? Like that make all that does is water down the times when actual real cultural appropriation happens. You see what I'm saying? So we can't just slap it on every thing that white people do that we don't like. But if we're talking about numbers and we're talking about sales, I mean, Fancy was the number one record in the fucking country, and she was on the number two record at the same time. And then, not to make it a black and white thing, but T.I. has an artist from Florida named Tokyo Jets, who I think is dope, but my personal opinions don't matter when it comes to the fact that Tokyo Jets is not even mentioned in the same breath as a lot of these new school female rappers who she's in their class. Like there's a lot of female rappers who are in her class right now who she's not in the conversation with. And she was signed to TI as well. So I don't understand how Iggy Azalea could become the tarnish of his career as an executive. When the artist you currently have on your roster has not been successful. She, she was buzzing before she signed to you. And then after she signed to you, no one has really heard much about her. So I don't know. And, and all of this leads into him on the Expeditiously podcast doing a top 50 list. And I, 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 I had hoped that the fucking top 50 list and all this shit had went away. Because when it came out at first, it, it, it for me, it wasn't even cool the first day. Because I hate all of these fucking lists. I think that the, until we can come up with a certain type of um, categories and statistics or like there has to be some certain criteria and a point system or there has to be something that's measurable that can make these lists make sense so we remove the biases from them for the simple fact that a 20-year-old's top 50 list is going to look different than a 40-year-old's top 50 list. They're not supposed to look the same because their influence is going to be different. You know, these lists are so based off of taste that that's the reason why they're great for going viral and people talking about them. So, you know, unless you were under a rock, you would know that the Brew Podcast made a list of the top 50 rappers of all time. It went viral. Um, most people couldn't believe, you know, how it was lined up, especially Joe Budden being number three, and that caused a bunch of controversy, blah, blah, blah. T.I. dedicated an episode of his podcast to his top 50 rappers. When he was talking about Little Kim and Nicki Minaj, he said he doesn't think that you can have them both because they're a direct reflection of one another. But then after he caught some backlash, he published his own top 50 list on Instagram and it had both Kim and Nicki on there. But it had them like one back and forth behind each other. And then it had them both over Fab, which was crazy. So, um, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was kind of weird, but it, it, it created, it, it led me to start thinking 
more deeper into the subconscious of having these two female rappers needing to be separated from each other or where the conversation is continuing to push this narrative where um, the media wants us to look at it like it's only these two that have to go against each other because that's how it's worked out in the past. But in reality, I really think that the women have a stronghold on the industry right now and that a lot of these top 50 lists you know, if we're going historically, then okay, yeah, you don't include none of the new names. But if we're talking about what's actively happening right now, you know, a lot of the legends or a lot of the bigger names or the bigger name acts that are out there that are male acts aren't really producing the type of numbers that their visibility would cause you to believe. It's just part of the illusion. They're there in front of our face a lot for us to continue to believe that they are as big as they are. But these women are really running these numbers up right now. So it's just funny that they always try to pigeonhole this one against another one. In reality, I think that, you know, there's at least 10 right now that could give a run for the money for whoever the top 10 active are right now as their male counterparts. And I would love to, you know, argue that with someone someday. So, um, so rhythm and flow has definitely been must watch TV for me. Um, so I got a chance to watch the next clip of episodes. Um, and this was dealing with ciphers, battles and music videos. And there was a lot of action going on. I mean, they're hacking away at this group. So, I mean, they're chopping it down, by the half and at the beginning of the episode before they started the ciphers they talked about bringing out a special guest coach and the guest coach that they brought out was king los and immediately when los came out i started to have fucking flashbacks <laughs> so all right once upon a time back in the day you know what i mean there was this party that was happening at a club in Baltimore. It was like a converted basement of a hotel. It was the Belvedere Hotel. The club was called Club Crush, and there was this um, showcase going on where they were looking for the newest member um, of Drew Hill. This was after Woody retired, right? So I was at this party, <clears throat> you know, I knew one of the promoters. I was there with like their promotion team or whatever. We were in the VIP, we're chilling, and these were in my, you know, drinking days. So I was definitely fucked up in there, right? You know what I mean? So we're in there, we're in the back, we having fun, we rolling up, blah, blah, blah. And niggas just start to rapping, like a little cypher start going on, right? All right. So Niggas start rapping and shit like a little cypher start going on, right? So, we're sitting there and we're in a circle and it's me, one of my homeboys, and it's like three other dudes who I don't know at this point in time, right? So, we're all passing, you know what I'm saying, just spitting, 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 spitting around a circle. And, you know, other than my homeboy, there was only one of them other dudes over there that sounded like that they was nice. And that was this one dude It was kind of taller than me, you know what I'm saying? But it was kind of dark in there, but he was kind of nice. So we went around a couple times, and then 
for some reason, I don't know why I had like this battery in my back that day, but I was feeling real good about myself and I was, you know, fucked up off the drink, like I said. So I started getting a little aggressive and like directing my bars straight towards this other nigga, right? You know what I'm saying? And like he kind of was taken aback by it for a second because it, it wasn't supposed to be like no type of aggression or no type of battle. We was just sitting there impromptu in a cipher. But my drunk ass decided to take it to a different place. So he kind of tried to ignore me and shit. And then my drunk mind just didn't like that. So what I did was I reached out and I grabbed his shoulders and I turned him towards me. And then I pointed directly at him and I started firing off bars at him. And at this point in time, people started paying attention. Now, I thought people were paying attention because of the theatrics and the shit that I was doing. What I didn't know and what, well, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure if he even remembers this story that he didn't know or wouldn't know until now that I had no idea that the reason why people started paying attention is because they knew who he was and I'm guessing people thought that I also knew who he was. I didn't know yet, but I would find out later. So, mind you, I turn this nigga towards me. I start firing off shots at him, blah, 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 blah. So then when I'm done, it's his turn. And he starts rapping. And mind you, at this point in time, there's niggas with cameras. There's a group of people standing around us. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's paying attention. And I'm still pumped in my head. Like, I think this is a good thing right now. Like, I'm like, yes, like, this is working out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going against somebody. People are going to ask me who I am afterwards. You know what I'm saying? I'm clout chasing at this point in time. Like the kids say right now, this is what I'm doing. But I didn't realize I'm chasing the wrong clout. So anyways, he goes... He kicks off some shit, and I'm like, all right, yeah, boom, boom, boom. So he does this thing, right? Niggas is like, ooh, ah, boom, boom, boom. So it's my turn to come back. So I came back, and I when I came back at him, I gave him, like, some good bars that I had. Like, I'm talking, like, it was some shit that I had written in my head that was set up perfectly for a situation like this. Like, it's those type of bars where you have built-in places where you can fill in words based on the environment to make it seem like you thought of that shit on your toes. You know what I'm saying? It was that type of cheat code shit, right? So I hit him back with that shit, right? And then... Once he started coming back at me this next time, he mentioned something. And then someone in the crowd said his name. And they said, get him loose or some shit like that. And then when he said it, it was like the room fucking stood still for a second. And it started spinning. And then I kind of understood why everyone was standing around because they were wondering who the fuck was me that had a death wish in this situation. So now, as he's rapping, I am completely tuning him out at this point. I know he's kicking some crazy shit, but I'm trying to dig into my memory bank for like the, the illest bars that I could come up with because now I've realized that I have come too far and now that I realize what the fuck is really going on, I can't get the fuck out of this shit. So now 
I need to keep going and shit. So I fucking pulled these fucking bars just out of the fucking air and I come back. You know what I'm saying? Man, when this nigga started rapping again, he hit me with. Man, when this nigga started rapping again, he hit me with these punchlines that were so fucking... First of all, the way I was dressed right at that point in time is I had like a shortcut haircut. I had on like some Gucci um, sunglasses that fold up, but they had like a blue tint. And this was like at the time when like the shirts with like the tattooed sleeves, whatever, I had like some floral shit, whatever, you know, I looked like the dream. And he said so in a punchline. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what else he said, but I know he said I looked like the dream. And whatever it was, it was hard because everyone hit the, oh. So then I had the VIP thing on my neck. And the nigga took the VIP badge off me and put it on him and said something about now he's VIP. And then I don't even remember the rest of the bar. But I know it was dope because niggas was like, oh. And then the motherfucker said some shit and he threw his arms out and fell backwards and the crowd caught him like he had just won the fucking championship game and shit. And then I'm fucking drunk. So, of course, rather than just take it like a G, my fucking instinct is to sit on the fucking ground and fold my arms and pout. And mind you, the cameras are still on me. So I know... I'm glad that, that that I didn't matter enough for this footage to ever make it around anywhere or this shit would be fucking embarrassing, but it is what it is. But yeah, that nigga hit me with some finishing moves on some Mortal Kombat fucking Street Fighter fatalities and Tekken 9 and all kinds of shit. But um, yeah, it was totally an accident and it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there was a lot of niggas who thought that it was the funniest thing in the world, but, you know, my argument back to them was that, nigga, you wouldn't step to that nigga and battle him. I did, so, I mean, at least I did that, but the secret that's finally out is that that shit was a complete accident. I had no idea who the fuck that was at that point in time. Well, I didn't realize it. Had I realized it, I definitely wouldn't have did that shit, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. But that's how I started out um, watching Rhythm and Flow. But um, anyways, the ciphers were dope in the shit. And the battles were... The battles were kind of strange the way how they set the artists up. Like, I know that they definitely wanted certain people to knock other people out. But I think that um, they might have lost out on... A few artists who, like, like Flawless Real Talk and that girl Beans, I think they had no business going up against each other. But you couldn't put London B up against Flawless Real Talk because those are the two top people in the show right now. And you couldn't put D Smoke against neither one of those because he would be considered your third runner-up right now. So, I mean... Really, if they wanted to match up these battles based off of skill set and who was a good matchup versus who was going to annihilate the other person, then, I mean, they kind of should have did it a different way, but I get why they didn't. But it doesn't matter because, like I've been picking from the beginning, um, London B proved that she is a born star with this video. The way that she pulled this shit off was dope. And I liked how they showed in the studio the way that she originally wanted to go with the hook. 
Um, she switched it up and it paid off in the end because the record was catchy. I mean, the crowd knew the hook to the song by the time it came around the first um, after the first time. So, I mean, that was pretty dope. So, um, I guess before I move on, I might as well play some more music. Um, I definitely feeling this new record from Dave East featuring Jacquees, even though Jacquees can be annoying sometimes when it comes to his media shit, especially him and YK Osiris been going back and forth about who's the king of R&B. Like, I don't think any nigga... I'm never mind. I'm not even going to get into that right now. But I am going to play this record called Alone from Dave East featuring Jacquees, and then we'll be back on It's Not Just Me podcast. Alone. She said, call me when you be alone. 42, I don't drink no Patron. I can't wait till I get you alone. I can't wait till you get out them clothes. Got your nails done and they matching your toes. I'm trying to be committed, my just let me hit it before I get back on this road. She texts my phone, says she all alone and she got a room at the Western. I hope she got over that attitude. I tried to send a DM to her best friend. She left my name at the front desk. Got an extra key when she checked in. No panties on, only sweats. I know we about to make a mess. I don't want to sound like I need you, but it's so hard to leave you alone. I was thirsty for the kill, for real. It felt like I needed the bone. Two numbers just to keep in touch. It be so hard to keep up with phones. It been so hard to get out my zone. Three car garage, a new key to my home. I like the fuck of the Jodeci. She down the ride. If I got a slide, fuck it, I might let her go of me. Go put on some clothes, you can roll with me. This time I do not got the bro with me. She get on top of me, she started choking me. I guess she thinks she controlling me. After we done, let her smoke with me. I can't leave you alone. You got me thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm dreaming about your love. Not too long ago, it felt like that you could only pick from one or two as who was going to be your favorite rapper if it was going to be a girl. Um, nine out of ten times, the people that were really dominating the charts were guys. Um, but 2019 has already yielded the highest total of women rappers making their mark on the Billboard Hot 100 this decade. Um, Sweetie, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, Lizzo, um, City Girls, Rhapsody, just to name a few, um, you know, Cash Doll, you know, Cuban Doll, Bree Steves, Molly Brazy, Dreezy, I mean, the names can continue to go on and on, um, right now it feels like that women are dominating a substantial part of the marketplace so um and it seems like that they're coming out in all types of different styles now there are a lot of people that are trying to downplay it especially um certain comments that's been out there like from people like Jermaine Dupree who said that um 
mainly most of these rappers are all rapping about the same thing as far as the women and actually giving it a nickname, calling it stripper rap. Um, but Rhapsody said that hip-hop needs all flavors of women. And she actually sat down with Hip Hop DX and she talked about that it's dope to have the balance but she just wishes that everyone had the same opportunity, which I do as well. Like she's like, she wants Tierra Whack to have the same opportunity as everybody else. Um, you know, she wants Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B to be able to shine just like her because you need all flavors of women. Um, she understands that everyone doesn't want to listen to her 24 seven because she doesn't want to listen to herself. She needs a different vibe just like everyone else does. And, um, you know, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of facts that I could read off of, but I think that she made the good point of that she doesn't need to run out and go try to chase and be Nicki Minaj or try to be Lauren Hill, as some people have compared her to, or not to be the female Kendrick Lamar, because she would only always be the part B, and she'd rather just be the part A of herself. She'd rather be the only one of herself. And for me... I think that's the key to why women have been able to dominate at least for the past two to three years. And that is that regardless of how we might want to box, box it in or how we want to frame it, none of them are out here trying to be like each other. As a matter of fact, they are all trying to do everything in their fucking power to not be anything like the next one of them, you know what I mean? Even to the extreme of the way that they'll dress, the way that they'll do their hair, the way that they'll film their videos, the way that they'll say their words. I mean, there is all types of, you know, deliberate detail that it comes down to that these women are trying to do in order to force you outside of your narrow-minded opinion that they are all trying to, that they are all alike, because, and that's what's making them win. You're getting more individual personalities out there. And the reason why the guys are starting to slip and lose, although some people may not believe it based on the illusion, is that every new male rapper is trying to be the better version of the last one of him that came out. They're doing the opposite of what the narrative is being put on the women. And I believe that's why they're able to dominate right now. You know, I mean, people, people can argue against what I'm saying right now. I mean, you can definitely tweet me or hit me on Instagram if you have a difference of opinion, but really look at what I'm saying. If, if you, if you ignore, like people will, will, will take four different female rappers and say, oh, well, listen to these four songs. And these songs are just all about sexual stuff. And, um, I'm gonna make this nigga pay my bills and eat my pussy and blah, blah. And this that third. Well, I mean, go get four records from four of these dudes. You know what I'm saying? Are they not talking about they balling out, they getting this money and bitches are sucking their dicks. All they're doing is really spitting the inverse of what niggas have been doing for years. So, I mean, we can't really just take those little coincidences that are naturally going to pop up in, in the bars of someone who's telling you that they're, they know what they want and that they're about what they're about. So, you know, for me, every time a new male rapper has come out, for the most part, for the past 
at least year and a half. You know what I'm saying? There's only been maybe three, maybe three who have come out on some completely different shit that makes them stand out from who the rest of their counterparts are. The rest of them are just a different version of the last nigga that came out. You know what I'm saying? They are all completely, really actually rapping about the same shit. And it's not just circumstantial for the simple fact that every every rapper that comes out couldn't have been the kingpin in the neighborhood that he was from. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like you hear you you're hearing a lot of the false stories, whereas the women are giving you more reality. Like like even the city girls. Like, I mean, they're 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 by far not like lyrical rappers if you want to talk about lyrical shit like i'm not gonna ride around in my whip and bump them you know what i'm saying all day but when i listen to one of their songs i believe that shit you know what i'm saying like the one little bitch um just got out of jail for the shit that they rapping about in their songs you know what i'm saying that shit is super authentic you know what i mean it might not be the best from a technical rapping standpoint but that's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? They put a fresh storyline on some ratchet shit. But I know I'm rambling on right now, so we're not even going to um, keep on with that. But um, there was an interesting story I saw on some investment shit. Um, it's kind of like, it's not really cryptocurrency, but... Basically, um, the new, the Brooklyn Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, wants investors, including fans, to be able to take part in what would become a new digital investment um, that people are calling Dinwiddie bonds. And basically, fans and other people could invest money in Dinwiddie, with the collateral being his three-year, $34.4 million contract. Now, um, basically, as an investor, you'd be providing him upfront money, and then your reward would come in the third year of his deal, which is a player option. So assuming that his first two years um, he plays well, then he would opt out and go for a bigger long-term contract, and then that would increase the amount of return you would get on your investment. Now, Dinwiddie and his team said they wanted to partner with the NBA, but the NBA is trying to block it, saying that it violates the collective bargaining agreement. Um, Dinwiddie and his team, they say that, um, saying that there's no type of assignment for fans, I guess it's some type of clause in the agreement or whatever, but basically, long story short, they're saying that they're not violating any type of collective bargaining and that they're going to move forward with this. So, I mean, this is an interesting... Um, little plot twist, I guess you want to call it. Um, especially since we just found out that um college players, you know, based in California, um, after Gavin Newsom signed that um that that law that I told you guys about um two episodes back, um, or an episode back or whatever, that um they're able to earn money off their likeness. So just looking at what Spencer Dinwiddie's trying to do in the league right now, I could definitely see a top college prospect pulling this same type of move, like saying, look, I'm going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL, 
Um, so invest in me right now and you can get your return based off of my, you know, re-up contract or based off of my rookie contract, you can get some of your, or however they can work it out. Like this looks like if this works out, um, here, I definitely see a college player pulling this off in this, um, how they've been moving forward. Um, so next the NBA power rankings. So the NBA put out their fresh list of power rankings. Um, Obviously, the top two are going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. They have the Lakers at number one, Clippers at number two. Um, Now, at three and four, they have the 76ers and the Bucks. I think that, I mean, obviously, they're two, they're, they're very close. So I don't, I couldn't say that the league got it wrong, but the Bucks are clearly the stronger team here simply because. I'm still not sold on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid being able to coexist, needing to operate in the same space. And what I mean by that is that I believe that Ben Simmons is going to need to be in a situation where he's surrounded by shooters in order for him to be the best version of himself. And I said Joel Embiid also needs to be surrounded by shooters and playmakers in order for him to be the best version of himself and for them to play both on the same team and both need to score within the paint with Ben Simmons not having a reliable jump shot. I don't know how that puts them above Milwaukee where it's clear how their offense is going to execute. Um, I think everything from five through eight seems right. You got the Nuggets, you got Utah, you got Houston, you got the Warriors rounding it up at eight. Um, Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Now, really interesting, I'm looking towards the bottom of the list, and as you get lower, the rankings for some of these teams are a little bit surprising. They have um, the Heat at 13, Whereas they have the Pelicans at 16. I think the Pelicans are going to play a lot better than most people think. And I think this is um, regardless of the play of Zion Williamson. Um, The Mavericks at 21 is a surprise. I expect them to be a middle-of-the-pack playoff hunt team come that time. Um... The Atlanta Hawks at 22, I think they're also going to surprise some people this year and be able to steal some wins. But, I mean, there really isn't a whole lot of news there. So, that's that. I mean, I can't really debate on the power rankings this early. Like, this is the time of the year that I hate basketball just because it's too early to care about anything but it's too early to panic about everything, but you can't tell that to your average fan. So now you have everyone just, just going back and forth and just arguing about like all these different things that don't matter right now. Just like I could argue you to death why the Lakers are the unanimous at that number one spot, but a Clippers fan would tell you why they should be there. And I would argue defense and I'm going to argue, you know, two MVPs and it is what it is. So, um, I guess um, I'm going to play this record. All right, so this next record I'm going to play is called Tia Tamara, and it's from this female rapper slash pop singer slash R&B singer slash songwriter slash producer slash 
my new favorite name, Doja Cat. And I stumbled upon her because this other song that she has called Juicy, that I'm going to play later, was playing in a dispensary when I was out there in L.A. And I asked this girl who it was, and she told me this chick, and I typed it in my phone. And I had heard of this name before, but I'd never played her music before. And I played it the other day, and I mean, I liked it. And obviously, my taste in music is a little bit different than some of y'all's, but, you know, it it was fun, hybrid, pop, rap, R&B type stuff, but she can spit, too, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm really fucking with it, and she is definitely one of my new favorites. I believe that um she she's definitely one of those type, like not to, after I just had that conversation about females running shit, not to try to compare her to a male artist, but she has the potential to have a Drake-like impact if RCA and the people behind her can execute this next album that she's going to put out um, correctly. So I'll play this record called Tia Tamara, and then I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more, and then we're just going to get the fuck out of here because I don't really have anything else to talk about. So let's get to it. in this store you know what I'm saying shopping looking for something to smoke and I heard this angelic voice come across the speakers and I asked the bartender I said yo I said who is that 
what is that? And it wasn't this song that was playing right now, but the line in the song that she said was, if you could see it from the front, wait till you see it from the back. And she said it was an artist named Doja Cat. And I thought the name was interesting, so I typed it in my phone, and then I went home, and I didn't think about it for a couple days. And then I was going through my phone, and I looked at this note I had to myself, and I said, hmm, let me go check out this artist. And I went and looked her up, and I'm trying to tell you that she became instantly my new favorite, like, hands down. So I started doing a little bit of research and found out that she had been doing music for about seven years, that she originally um, released her first couple songs when she, uh, maybe like in 2013, 2014 on SoundCloud, and then she had this record called Moo that blew up, and it was like... Meant, I mean, it started out as like a joke and she was just playing around having fun and then she put it out and it blew up. But she was basically saying like, moo, moo, bitch, I'm a cow, bitch, I'm a cow. Like this was in the hook. And and, and you would think that like, oh my God, like I can't believe that, that you would like some shit like that. But then when you listen to the verses, like it's an actual real dope ass song. It's just the hook is incredibly stupid f- on purpose. You know what I'm saying? just because it was just meant to be playful. But when you listen to the verses, you could see that the type of versatility that she has as a songwriter. So me, I really like genre-bending shit. So I love it when an artist doesn't necessarily fit into um, a constructed box. So it's like she's not a pop singer. She's not a rapper she's not a singer or is she like I think that she's all of those things put together and I think that's really what makes her um a dope artist so I mean she's definitely one of my favorites right now you know what I mean I definitely like the genre bendy stuff so um before I get out of here um there's a couple rumors and allegations um um All right, so before I get out of here, Kanye West has announced yet another release date for his album. I'm not sure if I believe it, but we'll see what happens. And if he drops it, of course, we're definitely going to talk about that. Sway Lee said he's gearing up for his album release. But in my opinion, after those last two couple singles, I think he needs to throw... I mean, he's he's big enough to where if he throws an album out, it's going to stream well. But don't let those numbers fool you. I still think that Sway Lee needs to find... One record that that catches before he drops that album. Um, I'm pissed off because I don't get to watch Power tonight because 50 said he's not airing Power tonight because for some reason Stars and Xfinity and Comcast are having um, breakdowns in their negotiations and um, Comcast may be getting ready to drop Stars which would mean that millions of people would not have access to be able to see power unless they watched it on the app. So 50 Cent and basically every official power page on Instagram and Twitter is putting a barrage of memes out there, basically telling people, call the cable company and tell them don't drop stars. So I'm pretty sure everyone's local cable company is pissed off right now. And, um... 
outside of that, I mean, I pretty much don't have anything to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, so we're going to close it out with some music as usual. Um, I'm going to play Juicy from Doja Cat. And then um, until next time, I'm your boy KJ Bryant, and it's not just me. Ben. Notice. 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 I keep it juicy, juicy. I eat that lunch. Yeah. She keep that booty, booty. She keep that plump. Yeah, yeah. That natural beauty, beauty. Yeah, yeah. If you could see it from the front, wait till you see it from the back. Back, 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 juicy. Back, back, yeah. Back, 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 juicy. Back, 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 juicy. If you could see it from the front, wait till you see you in the back. Yeah. He like it thick, he like it fat. Yeah. Like to keep him wanting more. Keep it running like it plump. He-